High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. What's up, slumbers? We're back here on San Emilio Island, talking another beach movie. And of course, since we're in the island house right now, we are with the foodie filmsman himself, Kyle Reinfried. Kyle, it's been a fun summer so far, huh? Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, you know, just eyeing people on the beach. That's fun. I think you learned that from uh, our last episode on Beach Party. I've seen your telescope these days. <laughs> My beard has gotten longer. My my beaver, my beaver bristles. Is that what it was? Beaver bristles. They, they call them beaver puss at one oh, point. Boy. Oh boy, <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. So many. I'm gonna say this: late fifties, early sixties, people were horny as fuck. But we're gonna talk about it, or at least I'm gonna talk about it. Well, I didn't realize that. Right? It's so weird that that was the case. Not weird, but I just. I don't know, I had a different perception of the era, but before any of that, guys, (laughs) remember your unofficial homework. Well, this is not just homework, this is just support us. We're paying for a beach house all summer, so I need your theoretical support, even though this podcast is free. But (laughs) hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Of course, please listen to our archive at cageclub.me, that's cageclub.me. And participate on our social media, High School Slumber Party, on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Facebook. Of course, as I mentioned, on Friday, we talked Beach Party, which was the, they say, kind of the start of the teen genre. If Beach Party influenced all these movies after it, then Gidget is what influenced Beach Party. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, it it really, it has to. I mean, what... What year was this movie? 50... 59. 59. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's four years before the movie we've talked already. And, uh, yeah, it's just uh, pretty pretty crazy. Gidget is so much more influential to American culture than it even is to film. Yes, it's very influential in film. But Gidget is what really brought surfing culture to the American mainstream. It's likely that we don't get like things like the Beach Boys without Gidget, which is crazy to consider. But people went to the theater to watch Gidget because it was a curiosity, this new sport of surfing that, of course, was not invented by California white boys. But <laughs> <laughs> that was, you know, kind of the perception of the t- at the time. Go to California, surf. All the teenagers were on the beach 
or whatever. And it really starts with Gidget. So we don't get, again, we don't get uh, beach party movies, but we don't get that whole surfing thing that would dominate the early to mid-60s. Yeah, and you said not invented by California white boys, but obviously California white men because Kahuna, Big Chief, come on. (laughs) <laughs> yes yes the original big kahuna i'm sure what's up with all these war veterans in these movies that's definitely i know it's like obviously if you were a man in a movie at that point like in those wars especially world war ii like you, you most likely served so i guess that's just dialogue of that era but i guess you know like even in later movies like vietnam war carried over into so many stories just in smaller ways like i'm curious is the pandemic going to in like a bunch of movies now like is that (laughs) i mean i mean who knows but i think at the time again as we said this movie is a little bit more risque not really but more than i would think at the time if you served you were an honorable man right if you didn't you were a coward, and it was just that simple. <laughs> There's a famous play we read in high school, and it is slipping my mind right now, whatever it was. But in the play, the main character did not serve in World War II, and it's a constant point of criticism of him and mocking of him. Hmm. And he didn't serve because he had, I forgot, some kind of health thing. But they would still see you as less than... A man if you didn't serve so almost every movie at the time if you have someone like this it's like oh well at least he served in the war you know yeah yeah so at least, even if they're like an asshole in this movie which i don't think mm-hmm. again, we'll get, which i don't think kahuna is but it's still like oh it's a redeemable quality and not and not that it shouldn't be but like that's what I, you're saying as well like it's just kind of like a broad stroke just like well, he served, like, even if, in any story, not this one, but let's say the dad met Kahuna in this movie, he'd been like, well, he's a, you know, at least, you know, like, they would have found that to bond over or something like that. Yeah, yeah, no, of course. And the dad, it's implied that he served in World War, in World War One, which is like, <laughs> when, you, when you draw the line like that, because she says, lost generation for sure, or something along those lines. And the lost generation, of course, is the generation that fought World War One, And it makes sense timeline-wise. He looks a little bit older as well. You know, he's not like a 20-year-old dad. That was definitely part of like, I'm gonna say of that time too, but I'm just, I'll, I'll definitely like the movies, but I'm assuming movies don't lie. So, <laughs> like, were women marrying that much, like, older men back then? Like, was that a thing? I don't know. I think it was definitely the case. And I think the war, God, we sound like cultural anthropologists today. We're just guessing, people. Again, movies are telling us all this. Anthropologists? War... You mean, like, <laughs> Professor or- Orville Sutwell? Oh, good, good name drop there. Thank you. It was on the page of notes before the page of notes were <laughs> You would fight four years in a war, maybe two years, whatever, and you'd come back and maybe meet a high school girl, right? And it was that old perception, which, I mean, I don't know if it's true or not, but like that, it seemed certainly seemed true among people we knew growing up that women mature faster than men, right? Yeah, and and we, you know, we're just hanging out and watching a lot of movies. Is that what's said in this movie, or do they also say we're just what we've watched movies about young women that are like on the hunt? <laughs> Literally in this movie, they say they're on the hunt. Yeah, they're they're going man hunting. You know what? Just thinking about it, and I feel like I've shared this story before, or at least like with you, maybe not on a podcast. But my mom, 
something that was done through school. I mean, she went to a parochial school, but she was like a pen pal with a guy that fought in Vietnam. That's crazy. <laughs> so it's just like I'm just thinking like I don't know how, I'm I don't know how old this guy was. I don't know if it's like members of the community. I would hope at least that versus just like you know because you're not just right right into some like totally random like hello soldier like <laughs> my name is Mary Frances Walsh and <laughs> but but point being like she could have been writing I don't know maybe the guy was like 25 and he comes back from Vietnam and is like you ever listen to Hendrix. again vietnam like think of like the post-vietnam era in film like it's always like oh what the fuck did they see and there were horrors in world war ii as well war war, war is hard so (laughs) it's fucking war yeah Yeah. but it's portrayed in movies not so much like that at least the movies i've seen i'm not too well versed in films of the 50s and 60s like i know my mom watches a lot of these films i was kind of familiar with Gidget, our film today, but I had not seen it. But first, what's your history, Kyle, with Gidget? Were you familiar with it? Absolutely zero history, zero familiarity with it. Even found out via, you know, during the movie, what Gidget meant. I have no idea. I just didn't even put, like, thought into the title. It's like, oh, Gidget. Like, you know, like, what was I thinking? Gadget from... Rescue Rangers, you know, I I, well, well, I just had no idea what <laughs> like Gidget meant or uh, yeah, knew really nothing about this movie. Well, Kyle, I've often said that you are a combination of all Rescue Rangers characters minus Gadget. So you know yeah, what, maybe Sandra D could have played a good Gadget as well. <laughs> a good Gadget <laughs> back in the day before Rescue Rangers was even concepted. I love. <laughs> So my familiarity with Gidget does not come from the film. It comes from the TV show. Sally Field, it was one of her first roles, played the TV version of Gidget like five or six years later. And the TV version of Gidget didn't really come out because of the movie. The movie was a smash success, but that's, I think, 65. It only had one season, but 32 episodes, which is a lot. It came out because it was in the middle of that beach party phase, and whatever studio had the property so they're like let's just you know mortgage this property a bit put it on tv and i remember they ran it at nick at night when i was a kid maybe you know teenager or before that maybe middle school Mm -hmm. and i used to watch gidget and i thought sally field was so good in it and i i loved it and i remember going to blockbuster our old blockbuster and seeing this movie on the shelf and i was like immediately dismissive i'm like that's not sally field fuck that (laughs) i didn't say fuck that but you know what i mean it was kind of like uh, that Buffy without Sarah Michelle Gellar, you know? Yeah. Th- just... That was like the, the moment I had there. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd always heard that this movie was super influential and a huge deal at the time. So I, I've been waiting to watch it. And, you know, we're doing these beach movies. It feels appropriate. Most of the movie takes place on the beach. And while last time we had some questions, I'm like, yes, they were teenagers, but they looked like adults. Sandra D is very clearly a teenager in this film. Yeah, I mean, clearly a teenager, and we know she's 16 going on 17, so inequivocably, you know, this is a high school movie, at least for her character. So as far as the questions we had about Beach Party and the ages of the cast, that's, you know, absolutely as far as the the character, our, our lead in Gidget. She is a high school student going into her senior year, 
And uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, most of it takes place on the beach. I don't know if I said this the other day. And of course, you know, we were making comments about like in the car, on the surfboard and that kind of stuff. But it is pretty cool to see these movies on location because I was just, again, especially on a beach. I mean, you know, the other day I said, oh, you know, they're on the sand. Obviously, there are things to be done to make it easier, like plywood for things to be pushed on. So it's not like they're like trudging through the sand. But but nonetheless, it's still kind of cool to see these movies that I'm sure, I think you even said the budget for Beach Party on the last one and then what it ended up making or whatever – but you know, not like high budget movies, and uh, you know, still sim- simple set. But just I don't know when I when I think of movies from this time, it's still that transition period of theater to screen. Yes, yes, very much the acting style is the theater acting style. Yeah, I mean, even even the way I wrote specifically her uh, Sandra D, which who I'm familiar with, but I can't say I've seen too many you know projects of hers films of hers and so i don't know if it's specifically in this role but um it kind of always also goes to i always think of a movie from like this time like the original parent trap and there's kind of that like proper i feel like you might know that actual term for this but you know there's like when like americans for a while there was that oh yeah what is it isn't it like mid-atlantic or something like that Oh, the Mid-Atlantic accent with the Catherine Hepburn. Yeah. It's like st- of like, that dinner time. party. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, JFK kind of has it. JFK has a little bit. Yeah, of he's just like, in it for yeah, sure, a, a, like, yeah, slumming New England version of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like Mid-Atlantic and a side of clam chowder. <laughs> it's, yeah, but it's very big and bold and the lines are delivered big and bold. There's not a lot of subtlety in these films. Yeah, and also everything she says, anytime in her emotions, it's, um, <laughs> I'm not comparing myself to the acting of Sandra D, but uh, <sighs> maybe this was brought up when we've talked about our high school films on here, but my acting, I'd be like, Mr. Villain, and <laughs> everything was emphasized like with my hands and much more like this, but point being with, with her in this movie, anytime that it's in excitement, everything gets up, and it's all like this, and, <laughs> and so it just really comes through in like that mid-Atlantic, and still like kind of that school of theater acting now meets, and obviously at this point, what, again, would you say nineteen fifty-nine? You know, talk, talking films. I don't know when the original was, but at, at this point, it, it, I think at least thirty years. So, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't know. I don't remember when the first talkie was. I feel like I should know that. It's not a high school movie, so I don't know. Was care. it the jazz singer? Maybe. I believe so. Not the Neil Diamond version. No, no, not the Neil. I wish. That would have been amazing <laughs> if that was the first talkie. <laughs> so I do have a back of a DVD for Gidget. Obviously, it didn't come out DVD at the time, but uh, it was released in later years. So if you're not familiar with Gidget, here goes. The comic misadventures of a 16-year-old tomboy Gidget, whose efforts to get a handsome young surfer, Moondoggy, to notice her draws her to the attention of the king of the Malibu surf bums, the Big Kahuna. That's it. Um, That's it. Okay. (laughs) And you alluded to this, but let's get this out of the way. I also didn't know what Gidget meant. They don't really go into it in the show. Maybe the word, and I'm, you know, we're quoting the film, midget. 
Yes. Was little people. Yeah. Yes, it's known as little people now, but it's not G little people. She's called Gidget because she's short, and she's a girl, quote unquote midget. Again, their words, not ours. I did not realize that. I did not know that till I saw the movie today. So found that to be interesting. <laughs> All these films have a lot of nicknames, so we learn the which is cool. Numbers. Which is cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's based on a novel actually called Gidget, the Little Girl with Big Ideals by Frederick Koner. Um, he based it on his daughter, actually. Yeah, he, I mean, his daughter to him was just like Gidget. Maybe he's just like the dad. I don't know. But it got adapted just two years later into this film. And it really became a sensation. And by the way, the writer was a woman, which is great to see in 1959, right? Her name was Gillian Houghton, but she wrote it under a pen name, Gab- Gabrielle Upton, because uh, she was contracted to a soap opera at the time, and she wasn't allowed to like write movies too, but... At least she, you know, at least it was was written from a woman's point of view. I don't know. Um, and you mentioned the settings, Kyle. First with beach party, but this right, like that California beach. But this one even looks more isolated. They shot it at a state park, um, you know, in that Malibu-ish area. I don't know California too well, so you guys could correct me out there. But it's so underdeveloped. And I know state parks are not going to be developed, but it's still jarring to know that's like in the Los Angeles sphere, right? Like with these beach bungalows and people just living out there. Like it looks like the country. (laughs) That just makes me laugh because last night I watched the the spy who shagged me and they're driving (laughs) driving around. He's like, isn't it funny how, uh, you know, the British countryside looks nothing like the California countryside? (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking of, like, which Iron Man, it might be the first one, or any of them, where he has, like, the California house, and it, like, sinks into the ocean. That's the third one. That's the third one. Okay. Yeah, like, you could picture Tony Stark's house on one of these bluffs, right? Yeah, it's just like this little, yeah, this little cove beach that they're hanging out at i just hope that that's still like that today but i am not too optimistic (laughs) (laughs) and this was a huge success as i mentioned so many uh people books for example the encyclopedia of surfing cites this as the most influential thing to happen to surfing essentially it's amazing how like big this movie became at the time especially with teens and it would inspire a lot of sequels i already mentioned the show but the sequels would go on way too long, I would think. Sandra D was only in this one. The next one's Gidget Goes Hawaiian, <laughs> which is a great title, I think. Yeah. Then Gidget Goes to Rome, which, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sally Field had the show, so that's chronologically next, but it's kind of like its own thing. And then there was two TV movies, one in the 70s and one in the 80s. Gidget Gets Married. And then hmm. Gidget's Summer Reunion in 1985. Wow, two years before Back to the Beach or, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah so a little nostalgia there. And then they tried to come up with a new show called The New Gidget, which took place at the beach that I've never heard of. It had two seasons, and the first show had only one season, so I guess that's good, right? But, yeah, I don't know. I don't think too many people watched The New Gidget. And Inspector Gidget. Yes, Inspector Gidget. That sounds like a porn. <laughs> <laughs> it does inspect her gidget oh boy in terms of the cast here we obviously mentioned sandra d and you're right like it's a name you hear probably mostly because of greece but i don't think a lot of people of our generation know her she was kind of the it teen actor of 
her age. She kind of fell off right after her teen years. She unfortunately passed away in 2005. Um, she was married to Bobby Darren for a while. That's honestly the first time I realized she was a real person. Remember Kevin Spacey had like a Bobby Darren movie at one point? Yeah, Beyond the Sea and uh, what's her name? Uh, Kate Boswell? Oh, so I, the first I had heard that name was in the famous Grease song, right? Like, look at me, yes. Sandra D. And I just thought it was Lousy like a... with virginity. <laughs> you know how the main character's name is Sandy? Yes. In Greece, I when I first saw Greece, I thought it was just like a way to mock her, like that was her full name. I didn't realize it was an actor like that, you know. Ah, gotcha. And then I saw Beyond the Sea on the plane flying somewhere. Remember when they could only show like one or two movies on a flight, like you couldn't pick them? Like that was the movie, so I just watched it. And I'm like, "Oh, it's a real person." And yes, it is played by Kate Bosworth. Bosworth, not Boswell. Yeah, Bosworth. Yeah, yeah, Bosworth. There's another film I want to cover from the same year. I think it's a teen film. It's called A Summer Place. And apparently that Grease song is based on Sandra Dee's um, character in A Summer Place and this film as well. And she plays, and film students, please destroy me if I mispronounce this. She's known for playing the Anjoui. You've Have you heard of that in a, in film? An Anjoui character is like a woman who's super naive. Let me get the Wikipedia definition for you. A stock character in literature and film, generally a girl or young woman who is endearingly innocent. We don't okay. see too many of these characters oh, in modern yeah. film, you know. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like one of those what's the, what's the big term used these days and then even uh Ryan Reynolds makes fun of it in that commercial with Korg. It's like when a female character is used just to like push the plot along. Isn't that called? Oh, that that's fridging. That's fridging. fridging. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't thinking of that. I was thinking you were talking about what do they? What do they? And I, I was just talking about this the other day. What is it called in uh like Garden State? They say she's this. Oh, a um, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> we're, we're bad tonight. We're bad. Too many mai tais. Too many mai tais and Bahama mamas and um. Oh, manic pixie dream girl. That's the Garden State one, right? Ah, okay. Like Natalie Portman in Garden State, the Manic Pixie Dream Girl. You know, there's a lot of these stock characters, but the Anjoui is the character we're talking about today. Just like, oh my goodness, what a world! You know, <laughs> that's Sandra D, and that's what she does great. But let's talk about the person who plays opposite to her, James Darren. And he would continue to be in a lot of the Gidget films as Moondog, Moondoggy, Jeffrey Matthews. Were you familiar with this guy at all? No, but he looks, or I guess technique, Frankie Avalon looks a lot like him. I mean, right? I think, okay. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not being, I'm not being like my normal Italian hating self right now. <laughs> like they look a lot alike. Like, I, I mean, since this was a popular movie that had to have been like, oh, let's get like a good looking eye tie to, you know, like. <laughs> yes. And he know. is Italian. He's an Italian from Philly, the good city of Philadelphia. James Ircolani is his real name. James Darren, of course, is his uh, stage name, but he became a sensation after this. Like, he was like a teen idol. He's like the Zac Efron of his age, you know? So, you know, he did music, he did films, obviously, we see him here. But you're so right, Kyle. I'm so glad we watched Beach Party before this, so we could look back and be like, holy shit. Beach Party and the Beach Party films watched Gidget and were like, Let's mass produce this shit. Let's make five of these a year and make a lot of money, which is amazing. <laughs> because he looks 
like he could be a Frankie Avalon clone. Yeah, I, you know, in the end, if this is the big influencing film, you know, sometimes it'll be the story. Sometimes it'll be the characters or the location. Sometimes they're just going to be like, oh, oh, that guy is the heartthrob. And maybe they even reached out to him. Who knows? But then they got Frankie Avalon, who was great, you know, by all means. Yeah, and who would go on to be in a lot of those films as we talked about. Um, the big note, though, on the character is that Elvis was the original choice to play Moondoggy, which would have made this an Elvis film, which would have changed everything. And that's low-key also a huge influence in this genre as well. How many of the Elvis films take place on the beach? Oh, yeah, a, a, a lot. <laughs> tons, tons. So we can't discount the Elvis factor. He wasn't always a teen, right? But, like, th- th- they're similar stories. We'll put it that way. But Elvis... Apparently, some places say he was too expensive. Some places say he was, like, in Germany at the time, you know, in the military. I'm not sure what the answer is. It's not an Elvis film, so we have to move on. Yeah, and the (laughs) fact that it's called Gidget and it really is, like, her story, like, it probably would have been flipped more into the Moondoggy, you know, like. (laughs) Yeah, 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 probably would have been called Moondoggy, you're right. (laughs) Moondoggy. And you would have had a song. Quickly just running through this cast. Cliff Robertson, the big kahuna. We have to talk about him. Legendary actor. Where do you know him from, Kyle? You know, I, re- I was bad and I didn't like look at the IMDb for this. I oh, no, I- no, no, no. Be- I-, I was hoping you didn't because I'm going to blow your mind. How about Uncle Ben from the original Spider-Man trilogy? Oh, wow. Okay. Very young, obviously. Very Well, not very young, but... but- because he was very old when he did that Spider-Man trilogy. Hey, guess what? If you, if you Cliff Cliff Robertson is the second name to come up if you put Cliff in uh, IMDb. So good on you, Cliff Robertson. Oh yeah, I mean he was very famous for playing JFK in the film PT one hundred nine. Um, he's been nominated for Oscars. He's been in a ton of stuff. Obviously, if his career spanned from a Sandra D movie to a Tobey Maguire movie. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, so Cliff Robertson, legendary actor. And he was funny because I was like, this guy's not a surfer. And it turns out he grew up in California on the beaches. So fuck me, I guess. <laughs> Pre-surfer era. <laughs> But again, he acts he acts very traditionally. He would obviously change that because I don't feel like his acting is like that in Spider-Man, right? But at this point, it's very like what you're saying, like that elevated kind of acting. Peter. That's <laughs> <laughs> shot in the gut, Uncle Ben. Peter. <laughs> With great power comes great responsibility. And then we get one of the greatest memes of all time of crying Tobey Maguire. <laughs> When I think of superhero movies and I think of when great power comes, great responsibility, I think of uh, in the Nolan Batmans, like like the dawn, what is it? The day is darkest before the dawn that they say like 10 times. The, yeah. Yeah. It's like, no, it's night, asshole. But, <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of Batman, the other person I really had notes on here, one of the girls is played by Yvonne Craig. Um, she's like that dark haired one. Yvonne Craig was another heartthrob from the 60s more because she was Batgirl in the Adam West Batman series. Mm. So very famous. Like men used to have her posters as Batgirl. So I I thought it was really fun seeing her here. Other than that, I'm sure at the time the the mom and the dad were recognized, Arthur O'Connell and Mary LaRoche. I wasn't too familiar with them. But the other person in the credits I want to mention is... uh, 
the four preps who play the band at the beach. How different is this to like um what was the name of the the dude who was the the singer in Beach Party? Oh, um Big Dad. Oh, Dick Dale. Dick Dale, right? Like is this not Dick Dale? This is not the Beach Boys. This is not Jan and Dean. They're called the four preps and they are four nerdy freaking preps, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got a saxophone, a guy just on a snare drum and two, and two guitars. <laughs> Too harmonizing, too singing along, or whatever, yeah. It's like, cool. Um, the other characters on the beach, Stinky, Loverboy, Hotshot. How about Lord Byron, who does the worst British accent in the history of British accents? Yeah, has a goatee in, like, the worst British accent. He's like, it's like uh, and I'll take some a hamburger and chips. It's like, oh, good, he's British, I forgot. <laughs> you couldn't get a British person? That's amazing. <laughs> I actually, uh, when I was on Mike Manzi's podcast, Third Time's a Charm, so when we covered Goldfinger on his podcast, they had, like, a room full of, like, foreign people, and they were all clearly played by Americans, and the British <laughs> accent there, too, was like this. So I'm like, I guess this is what the British accent they were teaching in California at the time was. I don't know. <laughs> sure, I guess. <laughs> it's so bad, though. It's so bad. But enough production, Kyle. Let's talk about Gidget. By the way, they're describing her as like four foot five at times. I'm like, look, I know she's not tall, but she's not four foot five. No, she's like, I don't know, a little over like maybe five feet, five one, five two, you know, like. Like normal human girl size on the shorter end. Yeah, but like just very petite. So in regards to the film, the opening sequence I love, that like cartoon thing. This is what I miss about movies. It reminded me of 101 Dalmatians, you know, <laughs> just this animated opening with, with the song. That's the song that m- mentions that she's a tomboy and she's five foot four. Otherwise, though, what were some of your favorite uh, scenes and moments in this film? Or not so favorite? Yeah, just how strong it started off sexually about, like, they're, they're, they're playing a different version of Manhunt than I did at that age. Jesus Christ. Like, these women of the late 50s... Are again okay? Women develop faster than men, but like we're talking, uh, this is almost f- fifty years before I, you know, forty-five years before I was in high school or whatever. They are way more sexually like just on the prowl than I was at that age. I don't know. I mean, I was a late bloomer too, but like. It, it goes into what we were talking about with Beach Party, that women, it must have been like so much pressure, it seems like, of finding a man and like this level of that your summer will be wasted. And even towards the whole end of the film, like it ends with her getting a pin and how excited she is. Oh, you know, like, you know, this is just the best. And I forget what the big word she was. I think I wrote it down somewhere. Oh, this is the ultimate. <laughs> it's just it's just so much of that stuff of like wow this is very uh again you know movies don't lie so i'm assuming this is what everyone experienced then very of the time right like as a woman they're manhunting so they get married they're mentioning that like let me find a husband let me you know you practically have social security with that guy is one of their lines it's like Jesus she, Christ. she has a macrame in her bedroom from her grandmother that says oh, to we'll get be there. a real woman is to bring the best out of a man jesus we'll Christ. get there we'll get there yeah though i'm not i don't want to say i'm offended by it it's certainly not 2021 values but 
that's what people believed at no, the time. No, still, like, both of these movies were impressed me in the sense of I thought they were going to be like way worse in in um, oh in, for sure right like the, the content the PC ness for sure yes the, is the cast diverse absolutely not but that wasn't expected at the time unfortunately in films but there was no again Mickey Rooney character or things like that there were no racial slurs there was less racial stuff in this than the last one there was almost none of it just that like that didn't exist you know minorities didn't exist i guess is the best way to put it the one thing yeah yeah i mean like never it's never forgivable in the casting the one thing i've thought about this since be you know beach party or whatever and again if we cover that one with stevie wonder in it awesome maybe the times have changed in like the one or two years since you know it came out or whatever but what i am thinking is in california in this circle white people are probably just hanging out with white people well, yes, and that's something I was going to bring up, too. It is reflective of the time how segregated American society was. It would be different if they made a movie now about a beach party, even if it took place in the 50s. You can just cast whoever you want, right? Like, it's not that big of a deal. Unless it's, again, a historical piece, but why would it be about a beach party? <laughs> but back then, it was, like, unheard of for, like, let's go manhunting, and they're going to manhunt, and there's, like... You know, I'll say I'm a Hispanic. There's like a Hispanic guy on the beach, right? Like, they'd be like, oh my God, <laughs> it would be scandalous. <laughs> and this movie is not trying to be scandalous. But back to what you said, Kyle, about the whole, the mentioning of sex in this movie and the idea of just like coupling up or whatever. One thing to be clear, like they're not really talking about promiscuous sex, which is fair, right? It's like there's sexual elements, but it's more like, I want to sex up with a man so we get married, you know, <laughs> like, which, which is interesting. But two, we see things as linearly, right? Like, we assume we're the most loose moral generation ever. But that's not the case. No, people are always horny as fuck. Always. Always. I know it's 59, but it's called the swinging 60s for a reason, right? You just watched an Austin Powers movie for whatever reason. It's all about that. But there's things in society that change that, right? Like, back to the 1600s, the Puritans didn't want to do that. They changed the rules to that, and they brought it back there. Look at the Reagan era, right? AIDS, stuff like that. Change the way that sex is perceived. So it's just such a fallacy for all of us to think that, like, again, we're just moving in that dark, bad direction of just, like, no morals and sex all the time, you know? When that's not actually the case. It's like a pendulum. It it ebbs and flows. It ebbs and flows. And these movies are enlightening because if this is what they're showing and it's okay... It must have been so much raunchier at the actual beach parties. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm sure. Yeah. Like every once in a while, I'll be like, oh my God, they're fucking on the beach, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> or whatever. There's alcohol in this movie, which there really wasn't in Beach Party, but probably some illicit drugs as well. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And just, I mean, we we see, uh, I forget which which guy is first trying to teach her on the surfboard, which 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 member that was. Or even when she gets on it, when Moondoggy, like, saves her. It's just, like, his face is in her ass. And I'm all about it. But, like, all I'm saying is if, like, that was, like, that's how you, I, you know, never thought about, like, if two people are on the surfboard or whatever. You know someone's, like, motorboating an ass in the 50s. <laughs> <laughs> for, I mean, I was going to say for sure. I don't know for sure. But <laughs> well, you know one person was. Yeah, uh, maybe it wasn't even My the grandfather. God. Well, I was going to say. My grandparents weren't in, were they? I think, oh no, my 
grandfather came to this country in 1960, so he just missed the first Gidget film. But I was going to say, don't believe your grandparents. If they were around in this era, if they're like, no, we were just sweet old things. If they went to the beach, odds are they went to beach parties like this or these luau's, right? Yeah, we have a friend that just told us that her her grandma didn't know what a key party was. Her fucking grandma knows what a key party was. <laughs> All right, let me tell you. Like if you're Deep if you're cut. alive in the sixties or the seventies, probably even before, but you knew what a fucking key party was, and you're all about it. Again, like you said, we as a society have always been horny. Teens have always been pushing the limits and discovering things, right? This stuff was happening. And again, Gidget, of all places, it just reaffirms it. And it's not American Pie. It's not anything like that. But it's also not this like super sanitized piece. They're manhunting. They're manhunting, and the men are catcalling. And, uh, you know, and the biggest thing I learned from this movie, don't swim through kelp. It is dangerous as hell. Oh, my God, kelp. <laughs> I love how in this movie, she gets rescued like twice. For like the similar thing, yeah. For like for kelp attacking her, I was just I was just watching it. I, I watched like I remember last year's Shark Week or whatever. It was like why are so many otters being eaten by great whites off the coast of California? It's like it's because of something to do with like the kelp and like I don't I don't know. It's like it's making the sharks realize because as soon as they bite them, they like drop them because they taste horrible or whatever. But it's something to do with the kelp, and so I was just like, oh my god, watch out. Which I get kitchen is gonna be a shark that eats you in the kelp. I feel kelp, yeah. the true evil, the true the true antagonist of this film. <laughs> so let's set the scene a little bit. It's not that hard to set, but Gidget is a student, and she goes to the beach with her friends, and they're all about the man hunting, and she's not. And she kind of discovers this surf crew on the beach. Moondog is one of the dudes there. But there's also as the big kahuna and that whole gang. And she's more interested in that than the actual manhunting. And specifically, the sport of surfing. Um, when she does go out swimming with her goggles and stuff. By the way, love the bathing suits in this The movie. bathing suits and that ridiculous. I put, what are those goggles? Yeah, and the goggles. The look of this film is really, really cool. But the bathing, the bathing suits in particular were designed by this designer called Rosemary Reed. And once this movie came out, it just set the tone for how American women should dress at the beach. And uh, this stuff should be in, like, museums and stuff, you know? It is so iconic looking of the era. But yeah, so so when she puts on her weirdo snor- snorkeling gear, she gets rescued by Moondoggy. And that's when she first experiences surfing, which is pretty cool, right? Like, she wants to do it. And she's not doing it to get a man like her friends. She just genuinely enjoys surfing, which is awesome. I loved when she goes up to, what's the one guy, Stinky or something? And she wants to like either buy or rent a surfboard. And how he's carving yeah, those surfboards carving out of birds. wood. How surf ninjas of him. It's awesome. It's awesome. And they say $25 to like have a used one or $75 for a new one. And I looked up the pricing at the time because I'm like, obviously that sounds cheap, but it's not. $25 was $233 at the time. And $75 was over $700 at the time. Wow. So that's a lot. And I know like surfboards today cost like $1,000. So that's cheap, but come on. Like for a teenager to be like, hi, daddy, can I borrow $230? 
It's like yeah, crazy. that's even still like, and then it's her birthday, and like, oh, wouldn't that be the bestest? It's like that's still an expensive birthday present. But we notice she's an only child, and her dad like adores her and does anything for her. By the way, in the Gidget TV show, the mom is dead. Jesus and it's Christ, just the that's dad and her. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> he was Uncle Bend. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Or she was Uncle but. Ben. But yeah, so this movie is just basically about her learning to surf with this crew and the romance that builds. And we get a similar little, like, get jealous plot line and, and Gidget, you know, kind of trying to use the older man to, I don't know, do stuff. Like, like, like Beach Party is what I'm saying. So Beach Party definitely ripped more than just the looks off from this film. Yeah, yeah, no, because it is done better in this film. I mean, still, it's just like... Oh, what was the thing that made her, like, fall for him? I don't exactly know. I guess it's him saving her a second time? Uh, but Oh, oh you mean uh, Moondoggy. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that's the whole thing. It's like the mom, she's talking to the mom, like, oh, I'm so different. Francie, shut off that infernal racket. Infernal racket. No wonder they call him a lost generation. Glad you had such a good time at the beach. Oh, yeah. It was creamy. Tell me about it. I'd like to hear. What are these boys like? Oh, gosh, they're all nice boys. You know, the kahuna, he's promised to coach me. Kahuna? That's a boy's name. Yeah, well, he's an older boy. In Hawaiian, it means big chief. And is he the one you like best? Best? Well, yeah, I guess so. I mean, they're all nice guys. Well, that's good. All except one. Mom. Hmm? There's something I have to ask you. Shoot. Would you find that there's anything weird about me? Francie. Well, I mean, gee, I'm serious. Here I am, almost 17. The same age as Nan and the rest of them. Why don't I like dates? Darling, you like boys, don't you? Well, sure. I mean, well, boys are the most fun, but... Well... I mean, I just can't stand when they start smooching and pawing and... Well, level with me, Mom. Doesn't that kind of stuff make your skin crawl? Well, it would depend on who. Oh, there it is, then. It proves it. I am different. Oh, sweetheart, please believe me. The only difference between you and your friends is you're not a... a manhunter. You're too genuine to pretend anything you don't feel yet. Yet? Someday, darling. You will. It'll all be different then, because you'll feel something magic. Like little bells ringing in your heart. Oh, gee, you make it sound real nice. But are you sure that's going to happen to me? I'm positive. <laughs> well, that's a relief. You know, I almost saw myself pickled in a jar at Harvard. Oh, well, stop worrying. <laughs> yeah, but when? And I mean, how am I going to know what, what boy or... When it's the real thing, you'll know it. As surely as if you'd been hit on the head with a sledgehammer. <laughs> Good night, dear. And the mom at like one point is like, so do, like, do you do you like boys? I'm like, are they gonna t- start talking about lesbians? And oh, 19- that's what I thought too. Yeah, that's you know, that's just where our, our mind. And not, I mean, in a, yeah, it's gonna be hot. But no, uh, I did not think that. No, no, but I mean, hey, she has that friend with the short haircut. But I don't know what's going on. She was my favorite. I knew. You probably I knew she was. Like, I don't know why. I, I got to think. I know. Exactly. Bl was her name. Yeah. Bl. <laughs> Oh, oh, by the way, I have to say this fact on that. So Sandra D was 17 when she shot this on paper. But 
There are some people who say that she was actually two years younger, that she was faking her age older to get Hollywood roles at the time. Ah. So she she could have been as young as 15, which is crazy. She pulled a Mila Kunis. Yeah. And again, I love this idea, too, that, like, Gidget's this tomboy. Gidget's, like, not like the other girl. But she, she does seem rather basic. You know what I mean? Oh, she, I mean, she's a, she's a brat. She says yeah. things out loud that is the definition of a brat. It's like, once I have my mind set to something, like, I'm going to get it. <laughs> Just like begging and begging. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm whining now, mom and dad. But it's just like, oh, my God, what a horrible single child you are. (laughs) I think like at the time it was endearing. But now it's just like you said, like spoiled. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. That's like like a man is expecting like, oh, what my, you know, like because they'll still go like baby. And like women were like looked at as like they need to be treated and pampered and ugh, oh, God. But I, I actually like Gidget because I think she's, like, you know, very individualistic. She's making decisions not based on getting a man, which is nice to see. Eventually she is, right? But she generally likes Moondoggy. It's a... Uh, I don't know. She was a stronger character than I expected, just despite her being like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, definitely a stronger... Wowie surfing. Yeah, definitely a stronger character than I was expecting as well. You know, she just seems like she still wants to just stay in a bit of childhood. She has that line early on in the movie where it's just like, oh, it's great, you know, like, that you guys are just, you know, hanging out on the beach, having fun, like, you don't have to be chasing tail or, you know, like, whatever, you know, words she was using. Loss of innocence has not, you know, happened to her yet, per se. Speaking of loss of innocence, as she continues to further join this surf crew they allude to the fact that there's a luau coming up and she really wants to go and they don't want to invite her and when they're talking about it one of the things they say is like oh it's it's less of a luau and kind of like an orgy yeah. i'm like what guy's <laughs> like more like an orgy i'm like oh my god i'm assuming at the time they meant more like a roman orgy like food and drink but i don't know right it, do they mean like was it Caligula level? Is that what they were? Implying? I don't know. There's enough sexual talk in the rest of the movie. She's doing like calisthenics to dry, like try to grow her breasts at one point. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, what the hell is going on right now? As far as other like story beats in the, in it, I love how much like the discussion of like a beach bum <laughs> isn't this. Yeah, oh, that's so silly because he's like Cliff Robertson's character is like, yeah, I'm a beach bum. Like it feels like that's a derogatory term, especially at the time. But he's like, no, yeah. I'm a beach bum. I don't have a job. Like, that feels like someone who wrote it. Like, I don't think a real beach bum would say that. You know, that's like a hipster saying, like, I'm a hipster. Yeah. You know? Just all, well, they all kind of are like posers in the end, right? He even gets this straight laced job. You know, it's just like, like again, because he's a good poor, American poor, Kyle. Poor, he's poor, poor, like communist. Poor, poor, yeah, exactly. Poor guy was pro- probably, again, has like watched too many of his friends died and just needed a fucking holiday. Give him a break. You know? Yeah, I mean, he seems a good life. He's an adult who hangs out with teenager boys on the beach. Yeah, exactly. He's just gonna uh, brew up his morning Java, you know? <laughs> just to flash forward with this character, when he does eventually accept that airline job and he's leaving the beach, why does he have to tear the shack down? I don't know, yeah, just leave it there for other people, man. They, The other kids were, were you know, gonna come back, right? It's California. It's not like it's going to snow on the shack. Like, I don't understand. He's like, no, I'm leaving. So everything I have here is coming down. <laughs> I Rid- guess, um, I mean, still, yeah, even if he wasn't leaving for the pile job, but he, if he was going to Peru or Hawaii, he, yeah, he could be, like, leaving it there. But maybe that's, like, he did it because he 
in his mind, people weren't going to find out that he was taking the straight laced job. I don't know. So just like, yeah, one more badass thing. I have no idea. He's just trying to be dramatic, Cliff Robertson. Okay, we get it. <laughs> but but yes, the uh, the movie builds to this luau. She needs a date, so she asks like some of the guys, and she doesn't need a date. She just wants to make Moon Doggy jealous at this point because Moon Doggy has a girlfriend or whatever. And originally she's going to go with this dude, but this dude that she pays to take her pawns her off to Moon Doggy. <laughs> so they they kind of have an unofficial date, um, and they enjoy each other's company. But I don't know. It, the night just ends, right? Because he's got to get home for his dad. <laughs> I like that. Like, yeah, the way she gets to the luau is that she is you know paying someone to take her as the date, and then she um, she bribes uh, Kahuna with like cheese, her mom's cheesecake, and he's like, "You got yeah. steaks <laughs> for food films." <laughs> I was like, "All right, yeah, come to the luau." I get it. And the way Cliff Roberts reacts to it, too, he's like, like, it's very, like, big and dramatic, you know? Yeah, I like, I like, yeah, exactly, reacts to it. And then once she shows up, he's like, hey, Gidge, you got those steaks? And she's just like, oh, and he's like, ah, it's all right. It's like, what? Okay. Like, it's like such a bigger <laughs> yeah. deal that, like, she was going to be bringing the steaks. I don't know. <laughs> How about what the women were wearing on the beach here? Like, these fancy ass dresses that are probably sweating their asses off well i guess the beach could be cool at night but still like that on sand just doesn't feel like it mixes yeah and there's even more and this is this is the whole thing this is again this is movie is four years before beach party there's so many more people making out on the beach yeah yeah and again sometimes you know you could see some alcohol oh, look what i said it's it's nothing personal I mean, a girl like you, you're a real responsibility. You take a guy who who believes in no strings attached. A guy like me, even. I mean, if I, uh, if I were ever to, uh, to let myself go, I... Yes? Well, say, for example, right now, Right this minute. I mean, if this if this weren't just a job for pay. Um, could you put them back? I mean, only because I, I think Kahuna's looking, and we could make it look real. Couldn't we? So, speaking of alcohol, when she decides that she's going to make Moondoggy jealous by dating the older man and going back to his temporary place, uh, going back to, with the big kahuna to his temporary place. And there's that scene at that, like, nicer beach bungalow mm-hmm. where he's kind of playing along. Like, she's trying to, not seduce him, but, you know, doing her thing. Yeah. And he, he he's playing along. But then he gives her beer. Like, she's like, oh, you sure you don't want coffee? Here's some beer. And I'm like, oh, maybe the drinking age in California was lower at the time. Nope, it was 21. Bad job, Big Kahuna. It was Don't 21 give it in 1959? It wasn't Yeah, California was one of like, the highest states with it. What was the driving age? Because she's just she's driving at 16. Uh, driving ages, I know, like in a lot of states had it at 15. I okay. didn't look it up, but which is crazy to think about. I mean, they're a 15-year-old behind the wheel. <laughs> Big-ass car. <laughs> but yeah, I was just like, oh, man. Like, I don't think I had, I had faith in Kahuna, which is a sentence I wish I could just say all the time. You know, but it's like, oh, is, is he going to turn, is he going to take, like, advantage? But no, he was just, like, very much acting and, like, 
going as far as you can go without going too far, except for, yeah, again, like, you know, giving a, a minor a beer, but like in the, the physical sense of like hitting on her because he like leans in, he's just like, ah, you better leave, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he like, it's, it's that like style of acting, right? Like he wasn't going to do anything originally, but then he's like, ooh, this is too tempting. Get away, you know? Yeah. And that's when Moondoggy rolls in and they have a fight. They have a fist fight and the police come. I was like, whoa, this movie escalated. Yeah, and there's the nosy neighbor. It's like, I know, and I, you know, I'm great at looking at the drapes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was an intense old school movie style fight. It was like a Wild West, like, psh, punch to the face kind yeah. of thing. A brawl, yeah. It just kind of leads to this chain of events where everything works out, which I knew that that was going to happen. 100%. There was no way this ending was the, the movie was going to end on like a dark way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, dark way, and then like I mean, you're you're saying as far as the twist of that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to call that a twist, so the dad has been trying to set Gidget up with his partner's son, and we learn that Moon Doggy has a rich dad, and he's kind of trying to turn his back on his rich dad. Hmm. Guess what? <laughs> well. <laughs> Well, Gidget's grounded because she's picked up at the police station. She had a flat tire, and it's reported she's technically driving drunk because she's a minor. Um, it was reported she was drinking the beer and that there was a brawl there. Her dad brings her home from the police station, which I love those cops. Like, you got to take care of your daughter. Yeah. Like, you know? <laughs> she's forced to go on this date with her dad's partner's son because she's grounded and she has no choice. But when she, you know, when the door is open or when she comes down from the stairs, I guess, her dad's partner's son is Moondoggy or Jeffrey, as we should say. <laughs> so they were meant to be all along. They're both rich. They even <laughs> kind of, you know, I watch most things with subtitles these days. And they even kind of blew, again, this twist, the surprise or whatever at the when uh, the cops came in the fight because they say his last name as if they knew him already. And then the dad says the name again before, like, she comes back downstairs when he's just like, oh, why don't you? And he said it earlier in the film, too. But, like, again, it's like he says it soon before that scene that uh, Jeffrey or Moondoggy is there. So it's kind of, I, I, I made the assumption the whole time of this of this surprise. And then they, they, say, they say it even before it happens. Oh, God. So I think it's more for, like, the kids to, like, feel good about themselves, you know? Like, oh, I was right, than an actual twist or whatever. Yeah. And he brings her to the beach. And, you know, and that's when they meet Cliff again, whatever. And you mentioned already the key things I wanted to talk about the, with the ending. One, the mom pointing the grandma's crochet with, what's the line again? To be a real woman is to bring the best out of a man. There you go. The only goal for you women out there. Oh, that's terrible. Not the that's only terrible. goal, but the one to make you a real woman. <laughs> so bad. And then um, you mentioned the pin at the end. He reveals that he's a sellout and a phony. Again, it's not played that way, but he's like, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be with this surfer life, essentially. I'm going back to college and doing whatever my dad tells me. And she's excited about it. Like, oh, my God, I got a boyfriend and he's leaving now. But you know what? He's, he's going to be a successful man because he's a college man, I suppose. Like all college men, right? Um, yeah, white college men, yeah. <laughs> but he, yeah, like you said, she gets his fraternity pin from him. She's going to wear it all school year, her senior year. 
And yeah, she's made the most of her summer at this point. Yeah, I was trying to look at his pin because it was like this looked exactly the same as mine. Oh, oh, maybe he was in your fraternity. Never pinned anybody though. No, he's not Jewish. Neither am I, but you know, back then you had to be, I think. Gotcha, gotcha. What was your fraternity again? Uh, Zeta Beta Tau. Little shout out to them. ZBT. Yeah. Harold Ramis. Was in it, yeah. No, my chapter. <laughs> not, not at the same time you were there, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> he came back and partied all the time. Though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's our ending. It's just like a cute little thing. And I gotta be honest with you, it kind of sounds like I'm shitting on the film, but this was a much better made film than Beach Party. Yes, it was a much more complete film, like a pretty fulfilling story. Obviously, plenty of tropes and everything like that, but it was, you know, pretty decently written. Again, the the acting in the movie was decent, uh, and it, it's it's it surprised me again, just as far as like not being too uh, not PC or anything like that. Just like pr- pretty tame for the time in some departments, but again, just like opening my eyes. To just like, oh, they were making... And this is this is a film like Beach Party. Okay, that was mostly young people, I'm sure, going to the movie theaters to watch that. This? I could see this being like a family outing film. Or even like yeah. a date night for like, you know, a married... Old, older married couple, like a middle-aged married couple or whatever. Um, but, you know, just, yeah, all this, all this sex talk. <laughs> no, but you're right. This is more of the kind of film... For lack of a better word, it feels more like a film than a gimmick. I'm not saying I hate Beach Party or I hate gimmicks, frankly. But this was just something that would play in the theater that, like you said, anyone could probably go in and watch and see and not be necessarily disappointed, right? Yeah. Beach Party is exploitative in a sense. You know what I mean? And I don't, again, I don't mean that in a negative way. But they're like, let's show the girls in bikinis. And they take... It's, It's an oversimplification of the genre. Yeah, yeah, it paints in these broad strokes. Yeah. And it's just like, let's take the fun things from Gidget and just blow them up and magnify them. So, I'm, again, I'm glad we watched these two back to back. I think I think it was awesome. A couple other things I wanted to mention quick as I just scroll through my notes. We see a dead bird. That was sad. <laughs> uh, the, the big kahuna has a pet bird and, like, it's an emotional. Again, Cliff Robertson with the acting here. He's acting, you know, the old John Lovitz acting. Like this is this is what he's doing. Like his bird dies, he's like so distraught. I mean, I get it. I'm not like criticizing that, but it's just his acting again. It's not bad, it's just of the time. Yeah. The other thing, the the quote I did love towards the end, she might be pint sized, but she's quite a woman. <laughs> the other thing was I'm just like, oh, okay, and bongos were a thing of this time. Oh yeah, bongos. What's more like beatnik and Beachy than bongos. Just hauling them <laughs> around, though. I mean, I guess you're not hauling them, but I don't know. I guess surfboards are heavier. Yeah. All right, so let's get into our awards. And you kind of answered the first one already. Who was this movie made for? I don't think it was just teens. I think you're right. I think it was everyone. I think they made it just as a movie. Yeah. It's a depiction of the time, a story of the time, but it wasn't like a story just for those people at that time. And what it did was bring surfing to the American mainstream. And... We get those classic, once again, surfing scenes, those studio surfing scenes. Um, yeah, this one, I they were lo- even just, like, standing so much more still. He, oh, my he, God. He goes out wearing a hat and smoking a cigar. Or, like, you know, like, it looks like a, you know, I don't know backwards, like, cigar or whatever. Which I'm yes. sure some people did. But, but it's really funny to see. Yeah, I think, like, you might have it in your mouth. But to keep that lit is, like, probably really hard. <laughs> um, 
How about Moondoggy giving like the least effort on the surfboard of anyone in yeah. the film? He's just literally standing, like his hands on his like shoulder. Yeah, he's just like, like oh, that's they not made me wet. It looks like I'm in the water. <laughs> <laughs> okay, most likely to succeed. Which character won the movie? Uh, I think people try to be too cute with this question. How is it not Gidget? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's Gidget. I don't know. I was just trying to think, like, okay, well, you know, like Kahuna, he's he's he served our country, came back, had a little vacation, now he's getting a you know a, a, a decent job. But ultimately, he sold out, right? Like, ultimately, Moondoggy sold out. Well, yeah, but like, also at the same time, I think, like, Gidget at the end, she, like, grew so much, and then all of a sudden, this little piece of metal just made her so happy, so. True, true, but I feel like she's going to continue surfing when she goes to Hawaii in the next movie. That's my guess. <laughs> <laughs> Wooderson Award. Is there a character here who stood out that you would have liked to have seen more of? Maybe this is going to be the same answer as yours. I, I really didn't get much but i was intrigued by her friend by bl was that i love bl that was my pick yeah like i don't know it just like seemed really at first i thought she was like her older sister in the beginning of the movie yeah because she's kind of removed from that click a little bit yeah she's removed and she's like oh i feel responsible so i thought she was just like you know she's like i already have like a guy i just thought she was like her older sister or something like that that was like getting ready that was in college already or maybe or going into her freshman year of college i don't know but I'm with it. Give me more BL. <laughs> Long Duck Tong Award. Is there a character whose omission would make the film better? I- I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you in line for this one. The British guy is not like as racist as Long Duck Tong, but it's still like if you're a British person should be offended by that guy's accent. <laughs> uh, did you have a nominee for that, or, or are we gonna go with him? Yeah, sure. Let's just go with him. I mean, I don't, I don't think he's. I don't think he's. Uh, like obviously of like offensive but but it's just like yeah just give me more like california people or something like yeah we don't need like a british person in the crew i don't get it yeah cameron fry award did anyone here look too old to be a high schooler and we don't really know their ages so that's unfair sandra d looks like she's in high school how about then how about the other girls um no they all, i mean they all looked pretty much of that time i guess yeah, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't as jarring as Beach Party. All right, let's grade the movie. Kyle, I'm handing you that red pen. I'm giving you the Manila report card on an A to F scale. I want you to rate Gidget. However, little cheat for this: Rotten Tomatoes, fifty percent by the critics, but that's hard to say. There are only ten reviews. Not a lot of critics at the time, right? Yeah, eighty-six <laughs> percent. By the audience with over 5,000 reviews. The Nerds on Letterboxd, 3.2 out of 5. Okay. What do you say, Kyle? What do you rate Gidget? I'm going to give it a B plus. So I guess I agree with the Rotten Tomatoes audience. Because I was like an 86, right? Or B plus. Like 85. Oh, 86. 86, you're right. Yeah, but B plus is maybe, I don't know, 87, 88. It doesn't matter. But nonetheless, I'm going to give it a B plus. I know I gave beach party a b so this is just like a little bit above that and so this is even more you know i I know i said also with that like i was grading on a curve so maybe i should have been you know since this is even more of starting this genre but i don't know it just i I don't think for me at least warrants in an a range so that's why it's a b plus yeah i had b plus as well for those same reasons i might knock beach party down to be minus yeah. in my mind yeah. you know what i mean because this is so much better i could watch this movie and not get bored 
I think that Beach Party had a lot of lulls because that's just what they were doing. You know what I mean? I think it was a teen makeout movie. This was a co- more of a complete story. Yeah. So I appreciated that. And I, I found myself really into it at times. Something we didn't mention is that this is a musical like briefly a couple times it's like three or four songs yeah right? like that's we, also yeah i did i did write that down that i was like oh i, I kind of like miss that about movies sometimes it's like yeah just like let's sing our emotions right now but like it's not a full like you said it's not full-on musical not even as much as beach party it's just like he, he randomly starts singing at one point right i guess it's is it is it a bit of did he have a singing career like or like at the time yeah like, yeah yeah he was like a teeny bopper yeah so it's just it's a vehicle it's like i remember by you know by his album yeah, and at most I think it had three or four songs, at most. Yeah, but so it's like go buy the single. <laughs> All right, again, since we're at our house here in San Emilio Island, USA, and we're covering some of these beach movies, this question is getting more and more intriguing for me. The sleeping bag question. But remember, if you listened on Friday, we're changing it up this summer. We're doing beach towels. So, Kyle, what does your Gidget beach towel look like? Hmm. I was trying to think of something good. Like, what are the big, you know, like, just like some of the bigger moments in the movie. Um, I think, I don't know, I kind of liked that there was like this, like, where she would go and she would pick up like the food or whatever. And, you know, since I'm Mr. Foodie films, like maybe just like one with like a bunch of like hamburgers and they like hamburgers and tacos and chips as whatever the British guy said. <laughs> so yeah just something with like a bunch of like I, I like that they were just like it was like a burger and like a wax paper so just something with like a hodgepodge of fast food i like that i like that mine is pretty simple but i talked about it already i love the bathing suits in this film so just one of those prints i would be okay with like that of the towel mm-hmm. you know so simple but one of gidget the prints of her bathing suits because i really like them all right, Kyle, you and I, we're going to walk because we, we've drank some some tropical drinks, some pleasure drinks, and uh, we're going to take a walk to the Blockbuster at the end of the road here on Anchor Anchor Lane here on San Emilio Island, and, and this Blockbuster is still open. I don't care what they said on the last Blockbuster Netflix show, right, that they said it was only in Bend, Oregon. No, we found <laughs> another one here on San Emilio Island, and it has every movie that's ever existed up to this point. We know we're renting Gidget to watch together on our beach slumber party. What two other movies should we watch? I'm going to go with two modern ones. But one is, I, I think they both have, you know, well, besides there's beaches in them, uh, some story similarities. So a, a love story in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh, yeah. And then a father daughter relationship in the descendants Ooh, love it love it yeah so descendants i i would not dare count as a high school movie though it does have a teenager but that's like that's a stretch yeah i don't re- yeah i don't remember like i mean yeah i mean uh, what's her name like shailene woodley with Woodley. Yeah, shailene woodley yeah. yeah but which is isn't that whatchamacallit's fiance aaron Rodgers? are they still together did that end already i don't i have no idea Rodgers situation yeah, he's on a he's doing something. He really wants to be the host of Jeopardy. That's his number one priority. Right <laughs> it is. Is that his or is that her pushing it now? No, I, well, I don't know who's pushing him, but I, I know we don't often talk football gossip here. But that's what everyone's saying. Like he's telling people, no, it wasn't just a guest thing. He's gunning to be the host of Jeopardy. That's why he's been asking to be traded like to the West Coast so that he could start it next year. 
which is crazy. It's like, dude, you're like one of the greatest football players of all time. You can get whatever you want probably after. Start your own Jeopardy. But no, he, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. No, Descendants, great pick. Love that movie. Forgetting Sarah Marshall, really funny movie. Love those picks. So our trifecta on this slumber party will be Gidget, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, and, of course, The Descendants. What order would you put them in? I'm just curious. I think, I think Gidget's got to be in the middle, right? So maybe, and I want to end on a high note because Descendants is depressing. So Descendants, Gidget, then Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah. I like that. I like that because you kind of fall asleep to the comedy. Yeah, exactly. Like it's just, it's a, (laughs) it's a, that's a funny movie. That's such a, that's a quotable comedy. Oh, I agree. And you know, it's a quotable comedy, but I feel like it's not a comedy that gets talked about a lot anymore, you know? Well, neither, neither does, uh, and I'm already blanking on his name from How I Met Your Mother and all that. Jason Siegel. Yeah, he's kind of forgotten about. Siegel, a beach bird. Wow, we've we've been talking too long about beach birds. <laughs> I, I mentioned Mila Kunis already on this podcast. Okay, yeah, it's time to time to go and drink some uh, Palomas. Yes, some Palomas. Whatever we have concocting. And by the way, guys, check out our summer break drink videos. We'll probably have another one up, but if not, just wait for it, right? Mm-hmm. We'll do it on our own time, but we've been making them. We've been making the drinks. We've been drinking the drinks, and occasionally we film us making the drinks. So, Kyle, anything else you want to say before you head to the kitchen and get that blender out? Uh, you know, just check out the 100 episodes I've released of Foodie Films, and uh, I don't think I've mentioned this yet, but... I have become a food tour guide in Jersey City. The tour company is called Beyond the Plate Food Tours. So book your tour of Jersey City, Somerville, New Jersey, or Red Bank, New Jersey today. And if it's Jersey City, uh, you can re- request me to be your tour guide. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll make the trip from San Emilio if it's even over the summer. Yeah, I'm impressed that the company, the tour company loves you so much that they'll helicopter you out to Jersey City to do these tours. I'm their Billy Joel, yeah. (laughs) You are. You are their Billy Joel. (laughs) Well, Kyle, whip something up in the kitchen. I'm thirsty. I'm going to head on to that blockbuster, like I said, get the three movies, and I'll meet you on the beach. Perfect. She acts sort of teenage, just in between age, looks about four foot three. Although she's just small fry, just about so high, Gidget is the one for me. A regular tomboy, but dressed for a prom, boy how cute can one girl be? Although she's not king size, her finger is ring size, Gidget is the one. So first off, I want to apologize for the late delivery of this episode. I've been a bit under the weather. Once Kyle started making that drink in the kitchen, I started to feel a little woozy. Maybe it was a bad oyster. I hope not. I love oysters. Maybe it was something else, but I've been a bit out of commission. You might have noticed I'm more quiet than usual on our social media, at least the last couple of days, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. But I'll get back at it, still not feeling 100%, but good enough to bravely edit this episode bravely get out of my food and drink an oyster coma and deliver this high school slumber party episode for you so give me a pat on the back give me that round of applause (laughs) in all seriousness though thank you so much kyle for being on another great episode we'll have you on again for sure but 
But this Friday, we have a little bit of a treat. I love the summer because I feel like it's more loosey-goosey, no official homework. I do pretty much what I want. But this is me returning a favor for someone. One of the stipulations of Cousin Pumpkin getting that goofy movie tattoo. And by the way, it is looking better than ever. I'll take a picture tonight or tomorrow if I can. But one of the stipulations on him getting that goofy movie tattoo for us was that he got to talk American Pie. Now, we already did an American Pie episode with Kyle, actually, so I didn't really want to talk at the same again. So I figured we would do a first ever high school slumber party audio commentary. Him and I are just going to sit at my apartment, drink some beers, and watch American Pie. You know that's going to be fun. You know what? It's not really homework, but it is. Let me play the trailer. In their May issue, Movie Line magazine released its top summer movies to see after Star Wars. Austin Powers. American Pie. Wild Wild West. Eyes Wide Shut. Notting Hill. Which makes us ask the question, why American Pie? Okay, well, one time at band camp, I stuck a flute. (coughs) Is it the getting caught? Hey, Jimmy. Just wanted to say sweet dreams. Yeah, yeah. Good night, Mom. I, I think he's trying to watch some illegal channels here. What, illegal, illegal channels? This is just a uh, bad reception, huh? Oh, baby. What's that? You know what? Here, just uh, give me this oh, and let's God. get this. Yeah. Oh, oh, what the hell's the matter with this thing here? The awkward moments. I want the right time, the right moment, the right place. It's not a space shuttle launch. It's sex. The infatuation. I love you. <laughs> okay. The desperation. What exactly does it feel like? Warm apple pie. Huh? We'll just tell your mother that, uh, that, uh, we ate it all. You know, guys, maybe I'm just not good with girls, period. All that you gotta do is just ask them questions and listen to what they have to say and stuff. I don't know, man. That sounds like a lot of work. Here's to the next step. Universal Pictures presents... Perhaps you could help me with my studies? If you ever had a chance with Nadia, this is it. A story about the moves. You bad boy! The madness. What you drinking? Scotch. Single malt? Aged 18 years. The way I like it. And the moments in our lives. Please, God, let this be it. If you want to hook up with her, tell her you love her. That's how I was, dude. That are as American as apple pie. Boy, it's been a long time since we've had a little father-son chat. Oh, I I almost forgot. I bought some magazines. Well, this is the the, uh, female form. Look at the expression on her face. She's kind of looking right into your eyes, saying, A big boy. Oh, my God. American Pie. You know, I forgot you've been there and there. I've learned about it. I really don't need you to sit here and If you've listened to an episode of Cousin Pumpkin before, you know that's going to be a fun one. We're just riffing, unedited. I can't edit stuff out of the rewatches because it wouldn't line up with the movie. So your unofficial homework is, on Friday, get American Pie somewhere. I'm not sure where it's streaming. We'll let you know. Cue it up to our voices and listen to the official High School Slumber Party audio commentary with Cousin Pumpkin and myself. I really can't wait for that. That's going to be fun. Hopefully I'm feeling better. (laughs) Thanks so much, guys. Once again, let's take you out with another song from the Gidget soundtrack. Let's see, which one are we going to do? Definitely something from James Darren again. The next best thing is love. That sounds great. One more thing. Again, life. It moves pretty fast. 
and if you don't stop to look around once in a while, you could miss it. Later, dudes. Is he looking now? Mm, I'm sure of it. There's no such thing as the next best thing to love. No substitute or facsimile thereof. Just try and do without it. Go see how far you get. Why don't we face it? What can replace it? Nothing they thought of yet. There's no such thing with very same appeal. And nothing like when you fall in love for real. Whether it be the real thing. This much I'm certain of, there's no such thing as the next best thing. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.